Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of You Hate to See It Interviews. I'm Adam. I'm Nick. And I'm Jeff. Jeff's not here. We are replacing Jeff. He senses it. He's going to text me. <laughs> Is that a maker? <laughs> we have Michael Gutenplan, a third generation psychic with over 23 years of experience in the world of entertainment. Michael, how's it going? <laughs> It's going now. It's going good. I'm with you guys. You know, if I if I if someone woke me up this morning and said, "Where do you want to be?" This was on. It wasn't at the top of the list, but it's definitely on the list. So there you go. We we <laughs> consistently aim to be about four or five on where yeah, you want to be. Exactly where this is. Yeah. This is no one's first stop, but yeah, you know, <laughs> we like being a contingency. After you listen to Joe Rogan and yeah. Dungeon Daddies, like then you come to us. This is yeah, you know, it's just it's it's what is it? How did you, how did you find me? Well, I completed the internet and ended up yeah. here. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So twenty three years of experience in entertainment as a third generation psychic. So how I don't know if this is appropriate to ask your psychicness. Is it for the entertainment, for the show with magicians, or is it you hear things and and go with it? All right, I'll I'll and... take it over from there. I'll take it over from there. <laughs> I understand what you're asking. Okay. So <laughs> for for everybody watching, I really am a third generation psychic. My father and my grandfather believe in psychic. Now we don't talk to the dead. We are not mediums. I personally find it very hard. I, I do believe in the other spiritual world. I find it hard to believe that a spirit will cross the divide because I gave someone 20 bucks. I mean, mm. for me, that doesn't make sense. But I'm not saying I don't believe in that world. And I would never challenge someone's, I'm not going to challenge your religious beliefs because I don't believe it. You know what I mean? Mm. With regards to psychic, we are intuitives. We believe our instinct and our intuition is a muscle. And the more you work it, the better you get at it. We believe it's real. It's not some sort of crazy thing. I always say, if you have a hard time with the word psychic, just change it for another word. Change it for the word intuition, instinct. It makes it easier to, to digest that idea. I don't have voices in my head. I'm not touching an object and solving crimes. It's just kind of like, you know, you walk by a slot machine and you listen to that gut in your, that voice in your stomach and you say, oh, play that one. You win. You, you pick up the phone and you know who's on the phone before they start talking. And you're like, ah, I knew it was you. I have dreams and I listen to those dreams and I move forward with them. I'm a universe person. I look at what the universe presents in front of me and I move with it. And usually, more often than not, it's the right decision. You know, I, again, I think it's a muscle. I don't think it's a power. And I think we all have it. And the more we use it, the better we get at it. So, so third generation, how, when did, was this kind of a path that was laid out for you? Or did you one day go, I want to start learning this more or did you just go ah i have like this is it <laughs> <laughs> so when i was when i was growing up my father and my grandfather 100 percent instilled that idea you know we are taught all of us are taught from an early age don't don't trust yourself they we are taught to listen to our teachers our parents our boss our politicians don't don't trust yourself my family said no 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 trust your instincts go with your gut if you screw up it's a lesson learned but always go with that intuitive instinct. 
my grandfather did magic and I loved magic as a kid. Two different sides. So you have the psychic side, which is, I believe we all are. I believe we all have ESP and we move forward with that. I was doing magic shows and I had called my grandfather and I was like, man, I'm having a really hard time with the magic. You know, it's hard to get gigs, you get hard to make a living. And he was like, you got to do the psychic show. Ah! And I'm like, all right, Poppy, calm down. And he's like, I'm psychic. You're psychic. We're all psychic. And I called my father and I'm like, you know, Poppy's lost it. He's going on about being psychic. And my father's like, I am too. Third generation. We got it, baby. And my, my grandfather was like, do a psychic show. And so my act on stage, I believe most of it is real. I am trying to do it for real. It is ESP. It's mind reading. It's psychic connections. But, you know, everything I do involves someone coming up from the stage. So the show aspect, I have in my back pocket that little magic trick to make it work. Because I don't want you to look like an idiot. I want you to get up there and have the most incredible experience of your life. I want you to be like, oh, my goodness. How did you know I was going to say that? If I get it wrong or if you get it wrong, that's not fair to you. So my my job is to make sure it works for you. I can get it wrong. You can't get it wrong. And I will manipulate that situation. But I, I do believe most of it is real. And the parts that are not are clear to the audience. This is just fun entertainment. Are does do they just have a your name at the airport in Vegas? Just don't let him in, turn him back, return to sender. You know, I, I am banned for life from one casino. No, I, I would never use these things. I do a lot of scammy things. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're, I am very lucky I'm not in prison right now. And it's just because I haven't been caught yet. But with regards to like, you, you got to be really stupid to cheat. You know, the difference between a magician and a cheat is one gets shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably don't want to be the one that gets shot. You'd have to be pretty stupid to cheat. I, I think where it comes in is I was at the Cosmopolitan once and we were at the roulette wheels with my grandfather and we were putting a chip on whatever. I would look at the, the wheel and whatever number would pop out at me, I would put a chip there and we kept winning. And we, we won a considerable amount of money. We didn't let it ride. We would put one chip at a time and we, we won a couple thousand dollars and it was like, thir- I think thir- 12 or 13 in a row and they gave me a trespass warrant. They're like, you're no longer allowed on our property. So now when I go to Vegas, I stay at the Aria usually. I have to walk around the Cosmopolitan on the outside <laughs> to get, I'm like, come on. So I walked I walked through, I was there a couple months ago. And I was like, looked, felt re- I felt like I needed a trench coat and glasses. I feel like Carmen San Diego. I walked through the Cosmo and I was convinced like they were going to swarm me. <laughs> like, get them. They, you know, they don't really have facial recognition and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm banned. I have a trespass warrant for life from the Cosmopolitan for that delightful situation. But there's no, we can read human beings. I can know what you're going to say or what you're going to think because we are more alike than we are different. I can't predict lottery numbers. I keep trying. I got my lot of ticket. You know, I, I keep trying, but we can't predict randomness. We can't predict anything that is not within our control. And what is within our control is human nature. So I can work with your mind. I can work with known entities. The randomness of the world, we can't do. Why can people predict world events? I can't predict weather, but I can make an accurate assumption of kind of world events because we are human. We make the same mistakes. We do the same things. What's the... Has there ever been a moment when 
you like for the show like things weren't going well and you had to like just kind of make something up and it, you were like oh i'm right okay like your most shocking like for yourself like every, i just every, did that. every every show okay. uh <laughs> you know i'm working with people and uh i'll give you an example the other day uh i was doing a i was doing a trick and it's in in my show i want to do fun stuff right i want to do fun stuff so in addition to the mind reading, I'm always putting in kind of fun moments to break the tension. And I had four cards. There were the four queens. Mm -hmm. And I took one of the queens and, and turned it around. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just drop it right here and turn it around. So there's one queen in this pack that is turned around. And I'm doing the show and I need to manipulate you. I need to make you say what I want you to say. So I'm going to do this trick for you, for real. Let's see how it goes. And I'll, I'll tell you what, where it went completely bonkers in this show. <laughs> but I have four queens. I just turned one of them around on camera, but I held it down so you couldn't see which one it is. We'll work with you. What is, we need to pick one of the, one of the queens at the end of the thing. So Nick, we're not the, name a, name a queen. Hearts, diamond, spades, clubs. Mm, diamond. Diamond. Okay. We're going to take the diamond and get rid of it. All right. Okay. So that leaves us with hearts, spades, and clubs. Adam, for time reasons, we're going to speed this up. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pick up whichever one you ask for. Is it going to be the heart or the spades and clubs? Clubs. Clubs. Okay. So uh, spades and clubs or just the clubs? S spades and clubs. Spades and clubs. So I'm going to pick up whichever one you ask for. Okay. That leaves us with this. The spades and the clubs, just like we did a moment ago, there was one card turned around, and it's the last one, the Queen of Hearts. So it's not that amazing, and it's not, it's not a good trick, but it's kind of neat. You know, it, it, it's an example of how the mentalist manipulates you doing certain things to do what he needs you to do or she needs you to do. I, I'm doing this on the show, and I need a certain order to happen. And I asked this woman, do you want to use the red ones or the black ones? And she goes, I want to use both, one red, one black. And I'm like, well, that's not how this works. And she's like, well, that's what I want. And, and I'm not, and I'm like, all right, lady, here we go. The red and the black. You know, it's not, it's not that things go completely wrong. It is that you have to be quick on your feet to make it work. I'll, I'll give you another example. We got Nick on the screen right here in front of me. Nick, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spread the cards. Don't don't do a queen because we just use them. And don't say the ace of spades because we just said that. Think of any card in the deck. Any card in the deck. Uh, where'd you grow up, Nick? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in a Chicago suburb, and then I moved Shomsburg? into That's the only Shamsburg. No, I I do live, I live closest to Shamsburg. Shamsburg. Uh, I say it in a classy way. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, you were small, when you were a small kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a cop. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. So this, I don't know if I got it exactly right. You have the. We took out the queens and we took out the ace of spades, but you have the jack and the kings. And you also have two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten hearts, yes. diamond, spades, clubs, right? Yes. I got it. It's either going to be this one right here or or this one. Which card are you thinking of? Get, say the card. King of clubs. King of clubs. That's exactly what I had. All right. So moving on with the interview here. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it works. I, I actually, I had the seven of hearts sticking up. Okay. But remember I said it might be this one? Mm -hmm. That was the king of clubs. 
I knew it was going to be the one of the two, you know. <laughs> so, it's, but I, you know, you do these things in the show, and they're they're not tricks because if I'm doing it on stage and I put my hand on your shoulders and I really have that, the secret to my show is that I have a connection with you. I'm not, you know, two thousand miles away. I'm right there with you, and we're cutting out all the influences, all the background noise, and we're having that real connection. So when people say, "Is it real?" It is real, but there's that asterisk, which is within the context of being on stage in the show. Could you do this on the streets? No, I couldn't read your mind on the streets. But if we were on stage together and I've created this situation and this environment that works in my favor, yeah, I really, I really can do it. There's a lot more going on than you or the audience is aware, but it is real mind reading. Scientific America just did an article about brain wavelength and that they studied individuals, but they just for the first time studied two people at the same time. And they discovered that our brains really do connect. There really is that psychic connection, which is a really cool thing. It's like how people can tell when someone's looking at you, like your backs to them and you can just know that someone's staring at you. Yeah, I get, I get pissed off a little bit when people are like, ah, it's all BS. It's all bullshit, right? Nobody, it's not real. And I go, you, I said it earlier, you've picked up the phone and knew who it was before you started talking. And I don't mean you looked at your phone caller ID. I mean, you knew who it was. And we feel it now with the phone rings, you're not near it and you go, it's a spam call. I don't, I don't need to get, you just know there's an energy, right? You, you walk into a room and you're like, there's something off about this room. I'm getting the hell out of here. Right. You, we've all been there. Mm -hmm. You look at a friend and you're like, this person needs a hug. You know, I don't know what to tell you. I just, I feel it. People have a hard time with the word psychic, but those are all psychic moments. Yeah. I mean, I, with, with your descriptions, I feel powerful now because when I got a random phone call with a New York area code, I went, it's Michael. It's Michael. Yes, exactly. So you know, I know he's not on the Zoom yet. I psychically, but that's kind of you know we we let. I I always laugh and I'll someone will say something and I'll jump in and be like, oh, you're about to talk about the phone call I gave before. <laughs> you know, that is there. There's that that joke of like you know there. There are moments where we know things we shouldn't know. There are moments when we are one step ahead, a glitch in the matrix, whatever you want to call it. The, the difference between a psychic and non-psychic is the person who is psychic or believes in it moves forward with it and says, wow, I'm amazing. Okay, I'm going to work on this muscle so that I can do this more. Uh, there is a line and there is a red line and it's where, where the real becomes fraud. And, and for anybody listening and kind of thinking, people are like, I think there are a lot of people who will not go to therapy that really need it. And they choose right, right, Nick, like you. Holy cow! <laughs> Psychic powers. <He> <laughs> uh, but there are a lot of people who won't go to therapy, but they will go to a psychic, and it's the exact same thing. They talk about their problems. Psychic responds. You know, I think the the danger is where the psychic says, and now we need a follow up where you're going to bring money and we're <laughs> going to burn it, and I got to clear your aura. You know, anytime I always say the. the you can choose to go to a psychic when the psychic says, "For your own safety, come back." That's where the red line is. Then it's a scam. If it's just for entertainment, if it's just for, for closure, I, I'm not a medium, right? I don't talk to the dead. I don't actually believe in that. I said that earlier. But if you if you lost a parent or a loved one or your partner and you just want to know that they're in a good place, 
medium hear that they're in heaven with with the dog and like okay great it's the meat you know the 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 issue is i do my show and people come up and they tell me about these stories about how they've been to the meeting 30 times because i couldn't find my car keys and daddy told me where they were i'm like all right lady you're wasting your money at this point you know the keys are in the the couch cushion but if it's closure like don't don't knock someone's experience and i and i think we are so quick to laugh about i'm gonna call them alternative beliefs because i'm not saying if you have cancer grab a crystal but you know if during chemotherapy you're holding on to a crystal because it makes you feel better don't knock that down as long as they're not hurting themselves as long as they're not getting taken advantage of you know, there is that fine line. If if the psychic says you don't need this medicine, you need love and well, lady, maybe they need a little bit of both. You know, <laughs> earn some they're, sage. They're, they're, <laughs> and I get, I get into these arguments because people go, "Well, you're you're defrauding people with your show," and I go, "No, I believe it's real. I believe the psychic abilities are real. You are assuming the worst version of it. You are assuming that, you know, the the if I told you." If, I, if you only knew about religion through the extremist version, you would think every religion is the worst thing in the world because they're blowing themselves up and they're killing people and they're whatever. But there's also like good versions of all religion. I'm not into it, but, you know, there are a lot of really nice people who are deeply religious who just, you know, live and let live of all religions. But if all I knew were the you know, bomb strapping, you know, crazy people running around the world, blowing themselves up in the name of whatever God, uh, that I'd be like, oh, these people are crazy. And I think psychics are kind of like that. You know, there there are levels. Not all of them are out to scam you by having a, a corner palm reading shop. I do palm readings also. Uh, <laughs> a little plug there. <laughs> so speaking of scams, can you talk a little bit about how you got you were in an illegal betting game in New York City and got I always forget what they put in these things. So yeah, so I don't really know about these things. This was believe it or not, I'm in I must have been 16. So I was a sophomore in high school and I grew up in Long Island, so I'd go I went to boarding school and we'd have like month-long breaks. And like what do you do for a month? You got to get out of the house at some point. So I'd go into New York City, I'd take the train in, go to the city. And I met up with my friend Tamara, who I think now is running some sort of like almost cult. She's doing like a leadership forum. I say good for her. Good for her. But we wanted to... people to follow you. Good for you. I it's say great, as, long as, the, as long as the check clears. So Tamara and I are walking through Chinatown in New York. It's the mid 90s. All right. And this like androgynous heroin addict like very thin leathery skin is like you guys 18 now if you're 16 years old and someone says are you 18 instantly you say yes there is there is there's there only is one no right, right answer yeah, there's only one right answer and, you know <laughs> the, the, the other one is no i'm 21 you know so yeah. we we they, ah you want to win money come here i'll get you so we follow this human I'll, I'll call them that into the this broad back. Sense. I'll never forget. It was like a plastic store. It was like a weird, like wholesale plastics. 
and we go into like the back room and they have like a bucket of money hanging they have like a dice board and dice and they're like all right you're gonna have a chance the first one's free just roll the dice if you get a whatever you win and i roll and like you're never gonna get like you have to get 13 to win kind of thing right you're never gonna roll 13 so i roll the dice and i'm 16 and they're like oh man you're three away you're three away. If you could just roll three, you win. The problem with this game, and I and I got really into scams as I got into magic. So I started reading about them. And this popped up in one of the books. It's called Back Alley Backgammon. Mathematically, after your second roll, you can never win. It, the, the way the game progresses. And you have to double your bet. So you bet a dollar the first time, and then you bet $2, and then it's $4, and then it's $8, and it goes up really quickly and every, you will always be one, two or three rolls away from, or three numbers away from winning, but you, you can never actually win because as you go over, you have to now roll back and it's, it's, you're always going back and forth and you're always going to be like 13 away always. So I'm sucked into this game. I went to the ATM machine. I, I, every money I had saved at 16 years old was wiped out. And I remember like, I have no more money. I can't play the game anymore. And I, the, this person, I think their name was Roz. Roz goes, I'm going to give you 20 bucks for the bus ride and a valuable life lesson. You're never going to win, kid. <laughs> I sat on the sidewalk crying, you know? <laughs> But it was a great lesson. Like, and 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 then I walked away going, I could do that. I think the I biggest lesson is just don't go to New York. <laughs> no, go to New York. Go to New York. Just don't play. Don't play the three card. You know, if so, if someone asks you if you're eighteen, you. say no. Say no and just walk away. I don't care if you're forty. You know, it's I. I remember the first time I gambled. You know, there's there something. I took my. I love scratchers. I love like lottery scratchers. And I, my nephew was like ten years old, and I bought him scratchers. I'm like, yeah. I got, I think I got them scratchers and like a Shirley Temple and a martini glass. I'm like, I'm going to let you live your best life, kid. <laughs> and he couldn't understand, like he won one. The first one he scratched, he won like $5, right? And he's like, this is great. I'm going to, gambling makes sense, right? And then he lost all the others. And he's like, wait a minute, something's wrong. I, I thought I won. We never remember the losses nobody comes from vegas and is like let me tell you about how much money i lost they come and they go i hit a jackpot once well yeah you spent ninety thousand dollars over your lifetime to get that jackpot where you won a thousand dollars but we don't talk about the losses we only talk about the wins and there's there's like a joy to that there's a real endorphin rush talking about the win that you had I really like talking about getting scammed. I like talking about losing because there is a valuable lesson in that. There is, I, I think for me, the lesson that I look back on is emotions are real. So if I'm doing a, a mind reading show, I better really respect my audience. I better respect their experience and their emotions. I would never take away someone's experience. They don't need to win, but I better make them feel good because I'm in imprinting on them of a life experience and that's a really important thing in life is you have to remember like you make an input you're not an anonymous ghost you're not just floating through the world you are creating memories for people even if you don't want to so like 
it's much easier to be nice. It is much easier to live your life as a nice person. Smile, have a good time. You don't, you don't need to be nice to everybody. You don't need to be a pushover. But just like be easy. And and I think that was the lesson from that scam. It's like the losses are what you learn from. The wins are what you talk about, right? Those are the stories. The losses, the scams are where you grow. And now kind of going off track a bit. Where were we a moment ago? I don't even know. <laughs> I was about well, to cry. It, so well, because I don't have a segue. So it's uh... okay. Speaking speaking of being nice. Yeah, uh, I know I'm going to be super nice to Nick and allow a topic that he's going to be really interested on. So you were accepted to be a CIA agent and then said, <laughs> no way, Jose. I'm not about that. I'm going I have, to. <laughs> I have somewhere here. That wasn't where I thought that was going. That was a great segue. Here's, so here, thank you. here's the, the challenge point I got. Believe it or not, this this they sell these in the CIA gift shop is where you can buy them in Langley. You can't really shop there. It's not open to the general public, but they do have a gift shop in the in the headquarters. Yeah, it was, you know, I, I was living in New York. I was kind of between jobs and I and I love my country and I, I didn't want to really join the military and I applied to join the intelligence corps, the CIA. And it's it's a very interesting process. You go to meetings, you meet people, it's it's obviously very intensive and you fill out a lot of paperwork, you sign a lot of forms where you can't talk about stuff. But I got to the point where they offered me a conditional offer of employment, which basically says, here's the job you'll have, here's how much you'll make. And then you start talking to people and you say, well, what will I actually be doing? And it is, it is not a life that I thought I wanted to lead. I didn't want to live in a different place every three years. I didn't want to lie to the people around me about what I do for a living. And I, I said, get the hell out of here. These people are crazy. I, I respect them and I, and I love what they do. But, you know, I know a lot I, through that process. I actually made a lot of friends. I know a lot of people in that world. I definitely made the right choice on that one. I love them. And what they do for this country, I mean, they really are putting their lives on the line. It's not, it's not James Bond. It's a lot of paperwork. It's a, it's, it's a hard, hard life. And I respect these people tremendously. They're the greatest intelligence, the greatest asset to our country. But it is. It was not for me. I'm a showman. I would, I would be a terrible spy. They'd be like, I know that guy. Shoot him. <laughs> I'm trying to remain anonymous as I'm like, ooh, open mic night. <laughs> yeah. My one of my wife's uncles is they think he's in the CIA. We call because, it a, tr- a truck driver, a truck driver. Yeah. Well, he like every time like people see him, he always says he has a different job. And and but he like kind of leans into it like like I, I definitely don't work for the CIA. Like he does, like that, like the stupid end of it of just being silly about it. But then when you actually try to talk to him about it, he like will just change the conversation and well, goes. It's, it's an interesting world because if you if you ever talk to someone who actually does this and they give you their whatever their cover, it's the they, they will come up with the most boring coverage. You'll never actually know who they are because it's like, what do you do? Well, I do accounting for an insurance company. You know, like, all right, next topic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know they 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 do a very good you know they really they understand human psyche and they understand psychological profiles so when they are setting up covers and they are setting up ways to distract people it's it's not i do import exports and run around the world because then you said 
oh my goodness, you travel so much. It is a job designed to stop you in your footsteps. What do you do? I'm a plant manager for, you know, waste management in, in New York. It's, it's, it's a, sh- it's a shitty job, but someone's got to do it. And you're like, okay, I'm changing this topic. And they're like, great. Now I don't need to tell you what I do for a living. Get, get- you, you, your job is to be forgettable. Clearly not the right job for me, but you know, you meet these people. It, it, it is interesting lives. And, and I love the stories that get told because so much of it, segue so much of it does have to go with their like psychic intuition you know it's like ah oh, i was in the right place at the right point yeah the right place at the right time psychic i knew this person was going to lead me to the right place psychic you know it's intuition it's instinct and it is that muscle that they are working on to trust themselves the greatest asset anybody has is their is their instinct their trusting of themselves well and thankfully you're able to talk about your travels so what was it like performing for the Maasai Warriors? Oh, it was great. I have I'm, pictures. What's can happening I, right now? Let me, it's let me called see I'm can... Rolling with the Greatest this Segways in the this World. This is good. These are, this, is, this, is, uh, this is A plus segue right here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show. I hope we can get this up there. So there I am performing for the Maasai Mara people in, in Africa. And the village, it, what I love about it, let's see if I can zoom in. They're like hiding behind the trees, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm I'm doing you know some magic and, and some mind reading. And they're kind of freaking out a little bit, but they're having a good time. They know it's all in fun. And I steal the watch of so you could see the big yellow watch on his wrist. Mm-hmm. I steal the guy's watch, and he he ends up being the the village chief. And then they they bring me into a corner and they say, "Now you're one of us." And they put this lion's mane on my head. <laughs> And now I'm I'm in the I'm in the tribe as it were, mm-hmm. so there I am with a lion's mane on my head as a member of the Masai Mara people. As you can tell, I fit right in. Yeah, you know, natural fit. No, they are the I think they're the nicest people in the world, and they they have such an interesting history and culture. I love safari. I think Africa is a great continent from the top down to the bottom. And uh, I try, I'm trying in my lifetime to see as much of it as I can. But the, as great as the animals are, the people of Africa, and they are varied, it is not a country, it is a continent, are from the top down, are the most incredible people, as, as long as you're not getting, you know, kidnapped or killed, or, you know, some countries you don't want to go to, but for them, I would say 90% is you know i'm not going to djibouti anytime soon it's just not a safe it's not a safe place but you know i'll comment on djibouti i feel so confused because i have no idea where where this is going djibouti is a country nick i I do know i do know djibouti is a country i knew that i knew that there you go no i like i like you know i always do magic when i travel It's, it's an international language Mind reading is a little harder because it does involve language and, and mm-hmm. you do have to understand the other person. But I was in Vietnam and I was doing a, a trick where you take a dollar and turn into a hundred, but I was doing it with their money and I was turning like the lowest bill to like, you know, they have, they have bills, they're called dongs. And, you know, I'd be like, I'm going to take this thousand dong and look, it's a million dong. And people started coming over to try to get me to do it with their money. So you do... <laughs> you do run into situations and it's not, it's just, they haven't seen it before. And if you've never seen magic, it looks real, Mm -hmm. you know? So outside of mind reading, if you're just doing a magic trick and you steal a watch 
or you make money change and you're doing this to a place where what you changed it to is their monthly income, that's pretty amazing. They want you to do that for them. They don't, yeah. I don't care. And, and, and people go, oh, they're so, the, the savages. No, the, you just made their monthly income magically. They may know it's a magic trick. They're not stupid people. They just have never seen this before. Mm-hmm. So they're going like, oh, I get that it's a magic trick. Do it for with my money now. You know, we we have they're a thinking standard. it's like real mad, like actually manifesting or I don't know if they are. I don't I don't think they care. All they care is can you do that for me? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people who have never seen magic aren't stupid. They they know that, you know, I think most people know, like, oh, that's a trick. That's weird, that's creepy. Cause if you see it, if you see magic organically out in the in the world, kind of freaky, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are in Viet in Ho Chi Minh City and you've never seen magic and you're selling fruit on the side of the street and this redheaded white guy comes over and is like, hey, watch what I can do with money. Oh, you know, imagine making a dollar bill turn into a hundred dollar bill and the hundred dollar bill is all you made that month. The first thing you would do is hold on, do that again for my money. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's a trick. You know, they're not, they're, they're actually very, you know, there's no stupid people. There's no, there's nobody in the world that hasn't been cultured by the white man. You know, we are, we fool ourselves into thinking that we see someone and we go, oh, this person's not like me. They're, they're, no, no. People, people who live in a mud hut or in a shack on the side of the street have decent lives. It, we don't, they don't need to be us. And they, Ah, now we're getting on a tangent. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> don't judge other people by the quality of your life. That's what I'm saying. Don't look at someone and go, I have it better because you may not necessarily have it better. Well, my my question is going to be, what culture would you say is most receptive towards Mac the French? The fr- real, that doesn't the French. Me. The French, the <laughs> French love shocking. the they love the art of magic. They appreciate that it's an art form. They just they think it's the the greatest. I think Japanese people really love magic there's just something in the culture that they're they're attracted to it i think in general any any like chauvinistic society so russian slavic anything where you know the big man wins it's not that they don't like magic it's like indians love magic they have a long history of magic in india but i find indian audiences hard to entertain because they're curious people. They want to figure out how it's done. They don't want to be tricked, right? They want to be entertained. They want to have a good time. But if, if you're not, if you're up there going, ah, and they're going to say, well, I think it's in your hand. And you're like, oh, it's hard to entertain. <laughs> you know, it's just a different culture. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of American magic, the Japanese and the French will sit back and go, oh, dude. <laughs> I think the hardest audiences, Indian audiences, Chinese audiences, Russian audiences, anybody who's going to challenge, you know, part of the enjoyment is figuring it out. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a bad place for a magician to be. For a mind reader, it's great because there's nothing to figure out. You thought of it and I told you what you were thinking. So it, it, the, the psychic work works really great with those audiences in a way that it doesn't work with the French and the, and the Japanese and people who want to see the, the artistry of magic. 
Oh. I feel I like always... we need hate mail or something no. for this show. I think we need to start over. <laughs> no, I'm... I'm so I've I've always loved magic and used to think that that was something I wanted to do with my life. And I just I wanted to be able to do the things I didn't want to train to do the things. So I fell out of it. But my my brother in law does magic at my bachelor party. He did the same trick. 18 times in a row and then he explained how he does the trick and then still was doing the trick another 18 times in a row because obviously we're all drunk and high but we were all just like oh this is amazing oh we even know how you did it and it still blows us away like and it was some, so some magic is amazing when you know how it's done it's, it's not often but like sometimes you're like no 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 the explanation is much better than the trick he did yeah. the it was the trick where like he would like you'd have the stack of cards in your hand and he'd like whack all the cards and the card you had picked was the only card left in your hand. Like that. No, no, like actually like smack it and like all the cards would fly out of your hand and yeah. 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 So I, I love that kind of stuff. I had, I have a similar story where I, I was into magic as a kid. It was something grandpa did. And every time I would try to learn it, I would kind of get bored because I was like, oh man, I just like that. That's kind of annoying to you have to learn a magic trick. Like I just want it to happen. And it what I didn't really get into it till college. That's why it's only been 23 years. You know, I, I never really, I didn't like that the magic was taken away when I learned how the trick was done as a kid. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the magic. I was a fan. And then when I got older, I was like, oh, okay. I'll watch this. I'll I, I can still do a few tricks that I like have been able to hold on to. And, but I kind of, kind of, I can turn like a stack of nickels into a stack of dimes. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on now. Yeah. And by stack, I mean, it's like four or five. Like I, I don't remember how many it actually is. I'd have to look at the props, but I can turn nickels into dimes. I can, I have a thing that I got from Jack in the Box. They like their toy was like a whole magic month. And so there's this thing of I can there's like five cards with numbers all over it. And you pick a number in your head and like, is your number on this card? Yes or no. And then I can tell you what your number is. There's another one. I usually I always have to like look it up again, like right before to just jog my memory. But it's like you have like 23 cards or something and you like put oh, yeah. three strips and yeah, like yeah. and then don't do that one for anybody. It takes so long to to do, but I love it. <laughs> That's one person. I had a I had a box with a hat with a fake top on. That's all I have. I, I can, love I love this. I can I can take a put a nut on a screw and then make the nut magically come off the screw. All right. That's legit magic there. That's legit. I don't you guys have I, good collections. I don't know if I still have that prop because I think the battery died and I oh, didn't oh, know oh, how oh, to oh, oh, back, back up there, wait, mister. I, wait, I do not support exposure. I do not support people revealing how the trick is done. I don't know what you're talking about. That must have been an honest it's never mistake. Happened. It's never Please do not write in. None of us saw the Breaking the Magician's Code TV show. I love I that no show. Idea. When I was a kid, it's a great when I was a show. Kid growing up, people, I, I love in the magic world. So in the magic world, no exposure. This is horrible. You can't tell people. I loved growing up and watching the magic, like the masked magician. Yeah, you know, it's it's so. 
it's it reminds you of why magic is so disappointing because people have bad experiences with magic and what happens is they come in with this childlike sense of wonder and they're so excited to see something unforgettable they're so excited to experience magic especially as an adult right we don't get that mm -hmm. and the magician does something and you see them do it i'm gonna do this and then he picks up you see them pick up two cards. You're like, dude, I, I saw you pick up two cards. It's a, it's a psychological thing where it's not only were you disappointed in the trick, but that child, they have taken away the hope of having that moment of magic that like subconsciously you thought I will relive my youth and you're stabbed and it hurts. And what happens is people go, I don't like magic. When you watch something like the magician's code or breaking the magician's code and they reveal the secrets and you go, because the genius is you watch it and you go, that's an amazing trick. And you start thinking, how does it, how is it done? And well, after the commercial, we'll show you. And so the woman disappears and they say, what you didn't see is that the lighting, you know, there's a black curtain and the curtain comes down and the, the woman is gone. And you sit there and you have one or two options. Some people watch that and go, oh, I'm so stupid. How did I not know that? Some people watch that and go, that is so incredible. How smart. Mm -hmm. That's what I did, <laughs> you know, and you get into it. And I think sometimes we forget that, you know, I'm going to forget that tomorrow if I'm not interested. Oh, that's cool. Oh, stupid people. Magic stupid. But then for that person that watched it like me and went, oh, my God, that's the that's so genius. They hid back there. They ran away that way. There's a mirror. There's a this that sparked my imagination. I said, what else is there that I don't know? And. So I think sometimes we're so afraid of getting caught because what they're going to catch us with is a stupid thing. Mm -hmm. There's really the, the secret to magic, not mind reading. Mind reading is real. The <laughs> secret to magic, at least what I do, the secret to magic is the, the trick is pretty stupid. It's pretty simple. There's sleight of hand. You have to work on it. It's, it's difficult. But at the end of the day, it's you switched it for something. You did something when you weren't looking. Hiding that, making it interesting. Th those are the secrets of magic and to respect your audience, to really respect their experience. It's really mean to reveal something to someone. It's really mean to take away that moment of wonder. And if your magic isn't good enough, then don't do it. Don't, don't hurt someone's feelings because once they see that trick, once they see that you did something, it, everything else is going to be taken away that you can't come back from that. My, I mean, my, I'm a, my favorite part about magic at this point, because like I've seen those shows, I watch the YouTube videos, I love like Wes Barker and Chris Ramsey. And, yep. and I'm, I feel like this is because I'm also like a theater kid. I like seeing like the art of, and the performance. So, like, my favorite, my favorite two things in magic is seeing a trick where we, we go into it and I go, I know how this trick is done. How are they going to do it and finding enjoyment in that? Or the trick finally gets revealed at the end and I go, oh, that's the trick that we were doing. And like thinking then going back and thinking about like all the things that they did for that trick and like being like, oh, like having that re moment of realization at the end. And I'm like, that's you know, my favorite is, is the performance. It is theater. Even if you're doing a card trick, it's theater. There's a beginning, a middle and then there's a journey you've been lucky enough to see good magic and Chicago happens to have some of the best magic in the world. 
It's the birthplace of table restaurant magic. You have the Chicago Magic Lounge, you have the Rhapsody Theater. Chicago is the place to be for magic right now. So to see good magic is to see theater. Mm -hmm. To see bad magic is to be disappointed on a truly subconscious level. Like you... You, you feel that you feel like the world has let you down. Like finally I'm an adult magic sucks. What? What's next? <laughs> I feel like part of that, like for me is like watching like shows like the breaking the magician code. Like he does it in the most basic way and shows yeah. it off. Like it is, he's very small little performance element besides I'm wearing a mask. Like, and here it is. I'm just doing the trick to then expose the trick afterwards. Like, I'm this is and so like I if anything like reminds me of that just like you're just doing things and then you do this and yeah. be like oh amazing like I'm like that's what gets me but I'm like seeing a great performance with it like I don't care what the trick is like entertain well, me with what's happening around it like that's that's an I mean that's an important thing is is the trick is so minuscule and mm -hmm. it's, it's the performance. It's a show. And it's also not, it, the, the trick might be easy. The show, it's hard. It's hard to dazzle and delight and, and bring people along and really entertain them in a, in a meaningful way. It's easy to trick someone Buy go to a magic shop, buy a trick, go to magic game. You live in Chicago Buy buy a trick. It is incredibly difficult to entertain them so that they leave and they go, that was so great. With mind reading, it's even harder because you don't have the trick element. You don't, you know, it's it's think of something, you, you already know where it's going when it starts. With magic, you at least have a curve, right? You have a twist. In mind reading, it's, I want you to think of something. Okay, you're thinking of the word pineapple. Oh my God, how did you know that? <laughs> that's That's difficult. Magic, you have the trick, you have something amazing. What makes it difficult is how are you going to make it you? How are you going to, what you just said, how are you going to show me something I've seen before, but make it completely new? I don't know if you have time to go into it, but I was going to ask your opinion on hypnotism. Oh, I do not have time. Good night, everybody. Uh, <laughs> that no. So great question. Hypnotism is real. It is. There are two types though. So you have real hypnotism, which is psychological hypnotism. It's a medical thing. That's what you're going to to regress memories. You're going to stop smoking. And basically, it's a long term. You're not going under, you know, you're getting sleepy. You don't do that. You lie on a couch. It's basically a deep meditation with the help of a trained professional doctor, you know, and these are trained people. On stage, you have stage hypnotism. Most of those people on stage are really hypnotized. They're not faking it, but there are elements that are adding to it. They're in front of an audience. They don't want to look silly. You know, they'll look silly clucking like a chicken, but they don't want to look silly just sitting there. If you want to be hypnotized, you can be hypnotized. It's not It's not a magic trick. It's a real thing. It is basically the easiest way to understand what hypnotism is, is your subconscious accepts everything that it is given as a truth, which is why when you are sleeping and dreaming, that dream is real, right? And as soon as you question the dream, you wake up. Right. So you're living in a dream. There's a dinosaur, a Care Bear and a Marilyn Monroe, and, and they're all having a conversation. You're like, oh, wait a minute. Why is Marilyn Monroe talking to a dinosaur and a Care Bear? That doesn't make sense. OK, I woke up. 
right? You're, you're, you challenge your, the truth of your subconscious. What hypnotism does is it puts you in a relaxed state of heightened suggestion. The suggestibility is I'm going to suggest something. Your subconscious will accept it as a truth. And because your subconscious, subconscious accepts it as a truth, it is true until I tell you it is no longer true. I do not do hypnotism in my shows. I do not do hypnotism for a very specific reason. I, my entire show is based on volunteers and I don't want anybody to question if they're going to be embarrassed. I want it to be on, you know, nobody in my show is ever going to be embarrassed. Nobody's going to have a bad time. If I do hypnotism and I've experimented with it, people stop volunteering. They go, oh, I don't want the, I don't want to be the next person to do that. They look silly. So I don't do it. I have seen hypnotists. They're incredible. There's a great hypnotist in Chicago. You know, it's, it's real is what I'll say. I was at a hypnotist show once in college and I was up on stage and nothing happened. So I just got off and went back to my seat, but I I've, I've never been able to get to go to it or experience it. Well, you guys are too intelligent to be hypnotized. Well, here's my, my thing is like, what's worse. Just having to look at the crowd with the blank face or are you, Oh, all of a sudden you hear the next day. Yeah. Why were you acting like a chicken? Well, there you go. So I think, you know, part of in a hypnotism show, they'll bring up like 30 people and they'll be like, you go back to your seat. You guys, you two experience, you know, go back to your seat. You're just looking for the people that have the suggestibility that really wanted to happen. Because there are people that are going, I want to be hypnotized. That's all you're, you know, you only need five of them. You know, that's, I, I'd rather you watch the show than be in it and not actually hypnotized. And those people will be hypnotized and what they're doing is real for them. The show I went to, there was people in the crowd that got hypnotized. And that's honestly, we were all more paying attention to the person in the crowd who is doing all of the suggestions, not the people on stage, because now this is more entertaining because it's chaos. Well, of course, because it's chaos, you you know, and it's funny and it's and it's also real. And I always say to people who question what I do, I say reality is always going to be more interesting than the show. You know, the mistakes that happen, the problems that come up, the the real moments of wonder are always going to be more interesting than the fake stuff you're trying to pull off. Is there anyone that's not like the uber famous David Copperfields or just whatever, like not the normal yeah. names that you hear? Is there anyone that you think in the magic world, the psychic world, the mentalism world that people should be looking out for. And if they're ever around, you should go see them. And if you can kind of sneak under, under yeah, the water. Me. Yeah. <laughs> no, other than me. So I, I would say that if you haven't already discovered Darren Brown, he's a British mentalist. He's probably the best in the world right now. He's He's been around for 20 something years in this in his current status of doing tv shows he has a few netflix specials but his name is darren brown he's the best out there he's just phenomenal enjoyable to watch if you are watching this and you belong and you're going to college huge on the college circuit is eric Dittleman. he was the first mentalist on america's got talent he's a funny 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 very nice person and he's incredibly talented and a joy to watch so he's big on the college circuit I mean, there's a thousand and one mentalists that I love. I would say that if you are in college, your college is going to bring in a mentalist, go see them. It's going to be a great experience. If you're in a corporation and they're having a conference, 
call your conference planner, call your HR and be like, hey, can we get a mentalist for one night? We get this guy, Michael Gutenplan. He's great. Mentalist.show. <laughs> I'm, I'm available. Ask for it. I think so many people sit back and they go, oh, yeah, I saw that guy on TV. Oz Perlman, right? He's on all the NFL networks. He's doing an amazing job. And people are like, oh, we'll never get that guy. Go to HR and be like, we want this guy to do our conference. Let him do Thursday night. So if you're watching this and you work at a company, go to HR and be like, I want someone like this at our conference. You know, we watch some people and we go, there's no way I'm ever going to get to experience this. All you got to do is ask. You know, because if I if I call them up and I say, hey, you should book me, they're going to say our our employees aren't interested in this. But if you go and you say, hey, I watched this podcast the other day, I watched the thing, you know, I it was the fourth thing on the list. I on the fourth thing on my list, and he eventually <laughs> made it. You know, then all of a sudden you go like, oh, I guess they will like this. Yeah, that sounds kind of fun. You know, you can't get booked in your own hometown kind of mentality, right? Mm-hmm. You need someone else to say we want this person. Nick, anything else? No. Nick had one question, but it was is, a really good question. Yeah. I've just been. <laughs> That's where Nick lies. Is he asks I, a couple I, questions I, and then like a I fart, was... he was silent but deadly. <laughs> Here's the shocking part: I was enjoying listening to our own podcast, which never happens. So you know, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah. this is this is the time that Nick's going to be the person that listens back to the episode. I love over that. And well, over let again. me let me tell your your listeners and viewers where to find me. Because some some of them may want to have me at their corporate events or their colleges or whatever. It's super easy. On on my website, it's www.mentalist.show. It's not .com. It's mentalist.show. You can also do it through social media. So I'm on all social media platforms, mainly Instagram. And it's Amazing Mentalist is my handle, at Amazing Mentalist. If you forget that, type in Amazing Men and I pop up first. <laughs> I'm checking that right now yep. <laughs> i'm only typing in amazing men type in amazing so. men on instagram and i will pop up first i don't think I, I don't know if it works if you put the space or not i'm gonna do it also let's see amazing men oh hey no amazing men amazing men if you type in amazing men i am the first one that pops up and drop that follow all right this is exciting very needy on november 8th you're going to be at magic castle so yes so this is not an invitation to the magic castle i am renting the theater i need i need new material my mark my market right now is like really rich people and i realized i could not be in my own audience i couldn't afford me (laughs) so to get new audiences to get theaters and cruise ships and other places where everybody else can find me. I need new material. I need new marketing material. So I'm renting the stage, the big stage at the Magic Castle in Hollywood. I'm inviting anybody who wants to see my show. It's a daytime show. It's 11 11 a.m. on November 8th. But it is a chance to see 90 minutes of the greatest mind reading you'll ever experience. I'm going to record it. We'll chop it up. We'll get booked everywhere in the world because... I I think everybody should see me. I shouldn't just be limited to the ultra rich and, and, you know, glitterati and Hollywood elites. I want to be You're now exposed to the complete opposite of that. Yeah. You're exposed to the the 18, 36 year olds who. I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Who have a Hogwarts behind them. I can, I can feel the, uh, I have to go shower (laughs) after this. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening or watching. If you're a patron, and thanks so much, Michael, for coming on the show. It was uh, it was a really good conversation and a pleasure talking to you. And uh, hopefully, we can do this again when someday when you're when you're working the ranks in Chicago. We'll 
will come Anytime. out. Anytime. I love, I love talking about all this stuff. Well, thank you both so much for having me. And again, if anybody wants to find me, it's uh, mentalist.show is the easiest way. Please become a patron to our podcast. You can go to our website at youhatetoseeit.net. From there, you can get the links to our Patreon. You can also get the links to W Energy, W.GG, promo code YLUH82CIT, and you get some percentage off of your order. Um, I think it's 10. But yeah, thanks so much for listening, everyone. And we'll be around at the end of this month. That's what my dad said before he went to get milk. <laughs> <laughs>